We're in the book of 1 Corinthians, written by who? And he, he wrote it to who? The, the church of God in Corinth, a city in Greece. And what was the lowercase g god or goddess that represented the city of Corinth? Aphrodite. This is the, the goddess of fertility and sex. So this is a shows you sort of the state of what Corinth was like. It was a very, very nasty place. Paul actually, um, he writes the book of First Corinthians, but he has someone, that, a scribe that works for him. What's his name? Sosthenes. Sosthenes. Okay, that's just uh, a guy who you think is not very imp- important, but he's important to Paul in the story, even to write this letter that we now have. So God even uses Sosthenes. Last week, I used a fast and, and, and furious picture quote. Y'all remember that? The quote was, I don't have friends, I got, I got family, family, right? Because in the church, that's what we're supposed to be. Uh, and so I've got a, an addition to, to that pi- pi- picture here. Uh, we don't have youth group, we got fam- family. This is a, that's, a, that's a professional headshot that uh, Nick took. Hey, hey, what are you doing, David? David, what are you doing? David, stop that. Take, take that off the screen. No, but th- that's what I want you to... To think about our youth group, that's who, that's who we are. God's calls us to be a family. Look out for each other like that. We're going to be in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning of verse 18. I'm going to ask you all to... We don't know why this microphone does this when I'm speaking only. I'm, I'm going to ask you all to stand up in honor of God's word. We're going to read more text than this, but this is going to be sort of our first text that we're going to hit tonight. It's, it's this. It says, for the word... Of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will dis- destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where's the one who is wise? Where's the scribe? Where's the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much for your word. God, we're going to jump through some points here, but Lord, they're very important. Lord, help help us to understand what they mean, not just with, uh, what we understand in our head, but what we understand within our heart, Lord. Uh, Lord, just use this word uh, to touch our hearts, to change our lives tonight, to draw us close to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Have a seat. You know, that first verse, and we keyed in this past week, was, the, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved is, is the power of God. I've got th- three points. We're going to jump into them really quick. The first point is this, and it's sort of a weird point. It's that the cross divides. The cross divides. It's not something we like to talk about a whole lot, um, and some folks say, man, can't we all just get along? And the answer is sort of no. <clears throat> because everything hinges, if you're a Christian, on Jesus and the cross. If you don't have faith and believe in Jesus and the cross, there, there's, a, there's a hard line in the sand. You either believe in it or you don't believe in it. And this is this is, this is truth. There's no other name by which you can be saved. Do you understand that Mohammed cannot save you? 
As a believer in Jesus, we believe this with all our heart. Muhammad can't save you. Buddha can't save you. Joseph Smith can't save you. Donald Trump can't save you. Beyonce can't save you. Only one person can save you. That's Jesus Christ. And so the cross divides. Because those who believe in Jesus in the cross, there's power in the cross. There's hope in the cross. Those who don't, it's a joke. And people in this world, if you're a believer in, 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 in Jesus and you live a life that, that shows that that's what you believe, they're going to mock you for it. It will divide you. And we're not the only ones. Now, John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the the no man comes up to the Father but by me, right? He says, I am the way, not a way. I am a way. A lot of folks say there's a lot of roads that lead to God. There's not. There's one. Do, do I need to change mics? You think so? Yeah, yeah. I think so too. Um, take a look. Wow. I just got chills in not a good, good, good way. First Corinthians, we're going to keep, keep on going. First Corinthians chapter uh, 1, verse 22 through 25. Stay in your seats, but, but follow along with me. This is what it says. For Jews demand signs, and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God, for the, uh, for the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. I want you to understand, he, he talks to three different groups here. One are the Jews who don't believe. One are Greeks who don't believe. And the third group is Jews and Greeks who do believe. And he talks that preaching Christ cru- crucified, which is Christ on the cross, it's a stumbling block to the Jews. Why? See, the Jews from the Old Testament, there was prophecy that talked about a Savior would come and it would save the Jewish pe- people. So they, they thought a leader was going to come, a Savior was going to come, who was going to rule and was going to wipe out the enemies who were against them. He was going to wipe them all out and they would... They would be the big dogs once again. Jesus did not fit into their mold at all. So when he came on the scene, and this is the Son of God, they're like, no, 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 that cannot be. That's not who we were expecting at all. Now, um, 
So point one was the cross divides. Point two is this, the cross redefines. It redefines. Because they were thinking, Jesus, this Savior was going to be one that's going to reign and rule. And the cross flips everything upside down. And the one, uh, he talks about the, the first shall be last. Right? If you want to gain your life, you got to give, give it up. You, so all these things are redefined. They're backward. They don't fit in the mold. You know, the Greeks understood that this Jesus was just a cr- crazy Jewish guy who had some follow- followers, but he taught some really good things. And they didn't understand that he was the, sa- the, sa- the, the, the Savior of the world, Son of God, sent by God to re- redeem all of mankind. Some got it, though. It said some Jews and some Greeks believed, right? So it's redefined. Now, we're about to hit a part of, of the text here. If there's a part of Scripture that I feel like I re- relate to um, the most, it's where we're about to read. Th- throughout my Christian walk, as I've come to this, I've always gone, man, I can, I can relate to this. This, this is, is something that I feel like. Um, does it, anybody ever here, and don't have to raise your hand, but do you ever feel ordinary? Yeah, yeah I, I think a lot of us do in different ways. We may feel like we excel in one way, but in a lot of ways we're like, man, I just wish I was better at this. I wish I just looked better. I wish I was, I was taller. I just, I'm just sort of or, ordinary. I think we, we think that. In 1972, there was a, a runner by the name of Dave Waddle. He was six foot tall, 146 pounds. That's not real big. That's sort of a, a skinny, skinny dude. And uh, he was really ordinary. But he could run and loved to run. And he ran in the Olympics. And I want you to look. He ran the 800 meters. And I want you to look at this Olympic race of this or, or ordinary guy that he did because I think it's pretty cool. He's the guy in the hat. Dave Waddle's the guy in the hat. And this is a two-lap race.
Dude, you see how far back that, that, that guy was? How far back? Do y'all love stories of the underdog that comes through? We, we all love those stories. If you don't, you have no heart. You have no soul. No, no, but, but, but we do, right? We love to see the ordinary do something amazing. Partly, I think, because it gives us a little bit of hope for ourselves. You know, because we think, ah, man, that dude can do it with a hat on. Maybe I could run a tenth of a mile. You know. um, so the ordinary, we, we sort of are attracted to it. The, the Bible is full of ordinary pe- people. And they're different because God comes into the mix. They're different because the cross changes, redefines who they are and flips them up upside down. And, that, you know, I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't like being flipped upside down. I mean, sometimes I just want to stay steady. I mean, don't, don't shake things up. I mean, things can get difficult if you shake things up. Well, this is what I've learned. Unless we, we shake things up, things never change. And we don't have the opportunity to be used by God in, in, in ways that we wouldn't have dreamed of. There's a story in Acts chapter 4 of, of, of Peter and John. They're going down the road. This lame guy who's been lame since birth says, Hey, hey, you got some, some silver or gold or, or some alms for the poor? And they go, Silver and gold have we none, but what we have we give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And he rises up and walks. And they go on their way, and this guy is testifying about the greatness of God away from them. And it's starting to stir up a crowd. The religious leaders of the day find out about this. They pull these uh, Peter and John, and they take a look at him. And in, in Acts chapter 4, verse, verse 13, they look at him and see, and this is what they say to him. And I don't have, there you go, get on the screen, I don't have my notes. They, they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were un educated, common, in a lot of words, as ordinary men, they were astonished, but they recognized that they had been with Jesus. What was different about these guys? These guys, there's nothing to them. They're not smart. They're not bright, but they've been with Jesus. Hmm, We can learn from that. The, um, I have, I have great news for you in this room. If you feel ordinary at all, God wants to use you. He wants, he uses ordinary all the time. I just looked at the, the Bible, uh, and everybody you look at has issues, uh, and has troubles and have shortcoming. Noah, this dude that God said to build an ark in the middle of where there's no water at all to build, build, build a big boat. And, and Noah did. Showed his faith in God, ordinary guy. There's a, there's a, a, a guy named Dave, David, who we, we hear that David fights this guy named Goliath, a giant. And we think David's some, a lot of times you see the pictures, he's small, but he's sort of ripped dude. David wasn't a ripped dude. He was just, just a, a scrawny kid, ordinary kid. God used him. Um, jo- Joseph was an entitled brother who didn't know when to keep his mouth shut sometimes. It seems like he was, he bragged about his coat. He was sort of showed off about it some. He was sold off to slavery and, and uh, God used him in a mighty, mighty way. Ordinary. Esther, 
adopted a daughter who, who married a king and saved a nation. Ordinary. Moses, a Hebrew adopted by the Pharaoh's daughter, taken in. He 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 murder, 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 murders a, a man goes on the run and god gets a hold of him he says i can't talk i understand that and god says that's okay ordinary plain over we see rahab was a prostitute who god used to save spies uh, of his to, 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 to keep them safe. And it, it saved her and her family. And she became a, the great, 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 great grandmother of our Savior. Pete, Pete, Peter, we read about the Apostle, Apostle Peter, stubborn as all get out, a jerk in a lot of ways, d- denied Christ not once, not twice, but three times. God used him. Paul, we all know about Paul, an enemy, enemy. Of, am I running out of juice? Thank you. You're so subtle. So when we think of ordinary in the Bible, take a look at this text right here. This is, this is what it says, verse 25 to the end of chapter 1. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your call, calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. He says, right off the bat, he says, hey, you, you, you aren't all that. There's nothing to you guys. Verse 27, but this is what he says, but God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world and even things that are not to bring to, to nothing things that are so that no human being might boast in the pr- presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. I love verse 27. This is where I'm like, Phew. it says, God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. If there's a, a, a fool that I know in this world, it's me. Idiot. I am an idiot. And the, the, the fact that God could even give me a chance to be used by him, dude, God's an amazing God. I feel like I'm a picture of this text because God is just so good. I'm not good, but God is so good. So the question is, do you, I want to ask you, do you you want to be used by God? Because remember, the cross divides, it's going to cost you. The cross redefines, it's going to cause you to go this and be uncomfortable uncomfortable to what God wants. And I've got a, a couple steps that you can take if you really want this in your life. This morning I woke up at 7.05 a.m., really about 7.04 to be honest with you. My alarm was supposed to go off at 7.05. I had a, a sleep app and it does this like, this, this, it plays this harp really slowly like from soft to low, not, not loud, but just like 
it's like you're floating on clouds when you wake up. And, um, and I always, the first thing I do is I pop up, if I, if I, I wake up before my alarm, I will, I will take my phone, I've got to swipe up on it to turn my alarm off. But this morning I swiped and nothing happened. My alarm was still set. I was, and I swiped again, nothing happened. As, as y'all would have panicked, began to set in. What's going on? I swipe again. Nothing has happened a third time. I, I put my, my phone to sleep. I wake my phone up, do the face thing. Swipe again. Nothing is working. I'm, at, I'm getting angry now. This is the stupidest thing in the world. It's like 7.04 in the, in the morning. I'm just trying to turn my alarm clock off on my phone, and I can't get it. I'm about to shut my phone off completely and then reboot it back up to see if I can get this thing to work because it's stupid. And as I go to shut my phone off, I look down, and my thumb has a Band-Aid on it because I cut it setting up the nine square a few days ago and slashed the whole top of it. And so every time I swiped, the, the Band-Aid was swiping and not my, my finger. I cooled off and said, idiot, like foolish, right? God used the, the foolish, that, that's me. Uh, and so I, um, I realized that if I'm not connected to this phone, when I swipe, it's not going to work. Do we understand that? And some of us goes, God, I want you to use me in, in a mighty, mighty way. But if you're not connected to God, it's never going to work. You've got to be connected to God. How is that? This is one place where you can start to be connected to God. The Edge Church on Sunday morning, sermons are preached. You take notes to soak it in, to remember things, because we forget things all the time. It means dig in. What does God have for you? You've got to connect. That's one way you connect. How else? Personal quiet time. Reading the Bible on your own. Praying. Not just, Lord, help me do well in this test today, but praying for friends that God will work within their lives, praying for friends that you'll have a chance to share God with them, connecting with God. Scripture memory. Man, you want to really start to connect with God in your life outside of when you walk out of church? Memorize Scripture. Um, and, 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 and don't discount godly relationships and accountability. Fellow believers that you walk by who will speak truth into your life even when you don't want to hear it they will still speak it because they care more about God than they do about you. That's what you need. You've got to be, step one, connected to God. If you're not, it's never going to work. Step two is this. You have to be faithful. You know what the truth of God says, so you know what it is, so you apply it to your life. If you know what the truth of God says and you don't apply it to your life, you're never going to be used by God in mighty ways. Some, some, some students have come up to me and goes, man, Pastor Dan, I just want to do great things for God. And I love that a student wants to do that. But until you start doing small things for God, you will never do great things for God. Why is he going to tr 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 trust you with great things if you never do the small things? If you're not putting your time and just trying to spend me, in, it's just hard sometimes to get, to get in the word, I know, but be faithful to get in it. Man, it's, it's hard to hold my tongue, I know, but God calls you to be a witness in this world to honor him with your life. We've got to be faithful in the small things to be faithful in the big things. The third thing is this, 
if you want to have a life like this, you've got to have 20 seconds of insane courage. It's all you need. Sometimes you just got to step over the hump of this fear and do it. There's a, a movie called uh, we, Built, we, we Bought a Zoo, right? Have, have you all seen that before? There's a, a short clip in, in here. I think it's, it, it's okay. Uh, it's good to watch. Take a look at it. It's, now, this is dealing with a kid, and he likes a girl. Okay, so but there's... You're like, Pastor Andy, I learned so much. stop it that is so true about so many things in life 20 seconds of insane courage of just going I'm just going to go for it and it has to do with you want to do great things for God what's God calling you to do that you go oh gosh that scares me to death 20 seconds go for it. I was talking, I actually got to go, I had lunch with my son Noah today, and we were talking about the message I was going to speak tonight. And this, this last point, just the in, in, in insane courage, just ha- having the courage. And he said, Dad, you know, um, he said, I was at Chick-fil-A a few w- w- weeks ago at the school, and he's part of na- na- Navigators. He's going to teach with them, and he, he, it's a club, a Christian club on the, on the school. He said, I saw this guy sitting by himself at Chick-fil-A. I was with a friend. He said, before I knew it, Dad, I was walking over to this guy. I didn't really quite know what was happening. But I said, hey, man, my name's Noah. And he said, the guy said his, what his name was. He, and he said, hey, we've got, we're headed to a, a worship ser- service for, for nav- navigators, a club here at the school. And we'd love for you to come if, if you'd like. And the guy said this, man, I've been wanting to get involved with that. I just had no clue where to go or who to talk to. Noah said, he's been there for three or four weeks straight, that he's joined a Bible study. He said, dad, I just, I didn't think I just, it just did it. And uh, it doesn't always turn out good. But it'll never turn out good if you don't if you don't go for it. Just a little thing. Just a, so many people just need a little glint that someone cares about them. And that's what we are called to do. So one, you got to be connected to God. Man, I want God to use me. I want may, he, if He uses the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Man, get connected to God. You've got to get in His Word. Be faithful to what you know His Word says. Live it out within your life. Even do the small things. It's worth it. You're, you're like, Pastor Stan, I'll do the small things, but no one sees me. That's a lie. You are seen much more than you will ever know. And I'm not talking about just God who sees you all the time. People see the little things that you do. And then have courage. 
just go for it. Man, let's be a youth group that goes for it. Even when, when we, we just crash, and you're going to crash. I mean, I've crashed more times than I care to admit. But sometimes, God's done amazing things. That's what I want us to be about. Let's pray. We'll be dismissed tonight. Dear God, we thank you so much for this chance to talk about your word. God, I think I think I th- I thank you that you you use us not because you're great, uh, not because you use us not because we're great, but you use us because you are great. Uh, and Lord, so help us to in our own way get out of our, the way of ourselves and just live our lives to honor you, live our lives to point people to you, Lord. Help us to make a difference in Yuli at the the homeschool groups in the high school in the middle school lord mercy hill youth group why are we here this is why we are here to share a world who needs to see you share them you and lord help us speak up give us courage just to go for it may we just be a youth group that goes for it for your honor and glory for jesus name we pray Amen. All right, y'all have a great week. Get involved with small group, and uh, we'll talk talk to you later.